0: Hey, what's going on? Here to there, listener. Jason Banzoff here, producer for the Group Talk Network of Podcasts. Over the next several weeks, we're playing our favorite Here to There episodes. And this one I thought was highly important since we're coming into September and school started. This one is called Discipling Middle School and High School Students Through Small Groups. Carolyn sits down with Britt Vargas, high school ministry director, and Connor Johnson, middle school pastor from Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California we hope that this inspires you to make community better within your middle school and high school ministries. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to Group Talk, four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Here to There with Carolyn Kiketa.
1: Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Here to There, where we explore movement from our present reality to the preferred future that God has for us. So I've been looking forward to today's conversation, both because of the topic, but also because who I get to have this conversation with. Um, First, we're going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to many parents in your congregation, um, but is also challenging for many churches. How do we disciple the next generation, especially middle schoolers and high schoolers? And those teenage years are so critical, we note, in a Child spiritual development, and we as churches need to do our best to support them and to help them grow well. Um, and we do know from social science research that kids, when they hit middle school and high school, their peers and their friends become increasingly important to them. This is totally natural. It's a healthy pattern of social and emotional development, much as we as parents might lament that. Um, this is normal. So I remember when my daughters were in middle school and high school, they were so much more aware of whether they even had friends at church. And they'd be excited to go to church when they knew a friend was there. And if they wasn't a friend there, then it was a little bit more of a struggle. So when they joined a student small group um, in middle school, it was so wonderful because it gave them a handful of kids that they knew and they could sit with and they would check in with each other Um, and it made them feel not so alone. And it also, this group gave them a place to ask questions about spiritual things, doubts they had, way to process their faith uh, in a safe environment with a leader who was not me so that was a big plus i know that for some of you our listeners you also oversee student ministries as part of your responsibilities so hopefully this conversation will be helpful for you on a really concrete level um, for others of you i hope you share this episode with your student ministry leaders and talk to them about how to develop these intentional relational communities with middle school and high school students um, and also i realized, as probably you have too that most of what happens in student small groups also happens in uh, adult small groups And there's a lot of similarities and overlap. So hopefully you'll pick up some fresh ideas from this unique ministry context that you can apply to adult groups. So, first of all, let's just say up front, I am a huge fan of student small groups. I've seen them work so well in our church to just dis- develop and disciple our team. So I've asked my friends and our, my coworkers, Britt and Connor, to share with us about why they created student small groups, how they make them work, how they've seen God work through them, what not to do, what to do. Um, and I think this is the first time in five years that, that I've been doing the podcast that I've, Actually, asked anyone from um, my church staff to join, and I, it's kind of funny because there's been a few that kind of hinted, um, and I ran into one this morning, <laughs> and I said, "Hey, I get to interview Britton Connor," and they're like. Oh, <laughs> so, a little, little awkward, but I said, because they do uh, such a great job with student small groups and I know their heart and they are two of my favorite people on staff and they're sharp young leaders who think strategically and serve with so much love um, and humility. So thank you so much, Britt and Connor, for being on the program. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your role, how long you've been serving student ministries. Um, So Britt, you want to start?
2: Sure. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Um, So I have been serving at church, um, not at Calvary for a long time. I've been here for four years, but on staff for two. I've been serving for a super long time in other churches and have really been about the small group context for a while, whether it was myself being one in high school um, as a young adult. Um, or being a leader to middle school, small groups and whatnot. So it's been a really cool uh, moment to kind of step in and now see the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. for the last two years and running our high school program here, uh, specifically our small groups and and getting to kind of just see what it looks like to be a small group leader. And it's been cool because the way that God just designed my life was prior to that for about a decade. I was a first grade and kindergarten teacher. And so it's been cool to see the way that I learned strategies Mm -hmm. for the classroom and how I've just kind of grabbed those and, and yeah. just put them into the small group kind of setting and especially from first grade to high school. And it, so it's mm-hmm. been really cool to see what I've learned in, in school and in college and kind of applied them to our small groups. And so yeah. it's been a lot of fun to jump into this season, also just a weird season of switching over to a lot of digital platforms right. and, and whatnot. So it's been, it's been a treat.
1: Yeah. And I love how you have such a learning mindset um, and how to apply what you've learned in the academic world and educational field. And you're so modest. You also have a master's degree in education, (laughs) but let's just throw that in there. Uh, And I didn't even say your last name. It's Britt Vargas, if you want to look her up, but being able to apply anything from other contexts and you're constantly innovating. And I've seen that um, in your ministry. So thanks. And Connor Johnson.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hello. hello. I just want to uh, clip our intro and just keep that in my back pocket. That was beautiful. That was the nicest <laughs> thing anyone said about me. I'll, send,
1: I'll send it to HR Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For, you, for your performance <laughs> review.
3: Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, so my name uh-huh. is Connor Johnson, the middle school pastor here at Calvary. Um, I've been on staff here for just over four years, just at my four-year four mark. I grew up here at this church, grew up in small groups here at this church. Uh, actually, just this morning, funny enough, Britt had texted me about making a personal video for... A guy who was my high school small group leader here who's still my mentor <laughs> wow. and uh it's uh, uh cool. today kind of marks a special day in his life and so she had a bunch of people take some videos and send them That's to him cool. and so yeah small group has been a big part of my life and student ministries here at calvary but mm-hmm. then also uh, i lived in oregon for a few years and i was on staff at a church um, for two years with high school ministry there mm-hmm. so i think it's uh both brit and i you know, I'm doing middle school now, she's doing the high school now, but we both kind of came from the opposite. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we flip-flopped a little bit. And so, um, so yeah, so I've been doing middle school ministry here for four years. I, I um, both of our roles are, encompass a lot of things, but uh, really overseeing uh, small groups, and scope and sequence and uh, leaders, development and kind of all that. And so, yeah, thanks for, yeah. for having us. I think both of us were talking earlier about we don't know everything but <laughs> yeah. we, we have stories and we have yeah. thoughts and, and, and mistakes we've made wow sure, millennials who
1: do not know everything this is super, <laughs> <laughs> super refreshing <laughs>
3: okay, okay.
1: okay all right
3: that's, all right
1: yeah no i i love that and you do have a long history here which which also informs kind of your perspective but i think uh, and we've had some transition um, Connor in your role, we've had some transfer you too, uh, right? I mean, and, and that's part of youth ministry, right? There's transitions. So as you've got a chance to build into your roles and your responsibility, let's start with the basic why, you know, why would we have small groups for students? Um, what are you hoping to accomplish through those?
3: Um, I think for me, when I think about the middle school student, when you think, you know, when you consider the typical seventh grader, this, you know, regardless of how wonderful the family is and how much their parents love Jesus, they're most likely thinking their parents are kind of late. You know, like <laughs> you think of um, a seventh grader it's like, regardless of how cool they are, it's like, Oh, my parents. Right. And so they need another adult in their life to say, Hey, Jesus is really awesome. I mean, I even think the other day I was meeting with a student who's in uh, my, my group right now, some seventh grade boys. and I'm meeting with one of the kids. Um, and uh, just literally a couple days ago, I said something. He goes, Oh, my mom says the same thing. He's like, I guess you're right. You know, it's like, wait a minute. Your your parents have been saying the same stuff that following Jesus is worth it. You know, and it's this wonderful life pursuit we have. Sometimes they just need another adult that says the same things that are affirming kind of, kind of what their family's bringing them up. So when I think about middle school, small groups, I think about how students are pushing away from their parents, Mm -hmm. pushing away from their families and need somebody else in their life to point them to Christ as well as, um, you know, middle school, sixth to eighth grades, where they're really starting to develop some abstract thought. Right. They're really starting to ask, okay, I've heard these stories for so long. I've heard of David and right. Goliath. I've heard of you know all of this and this and this. But why the heck is God letting this happen in my life? Why is you know why why does the Bible say this? What what's going on here? And they're starting to wrestle with those doubts, and they need a place that's healthy for them to be able to explore some of those things, to ask those questions, and to kinda of just walk life with as well right. as just connect with others. You even talk about your introduction yeah. with your own daughters kids, yeah. and, and um um they get plugged into small group and then they're excited about coming to church because they make some friends that way. So
1: And for kids who haven't grown up in church, I mean those years, middle um, school years are really when your identity formation happens, right? Mm-hmm. You're starting to figure out who am I differentiated from my yeah. family and so kids who've never been in church don't know anything about god i think they start looking at big picture questions like that yeah. which also then to provide a place where i know um Connie, you guys do a lot to have uh, kids invite friends mm-hmm. as they're wrestling with those questions so it's not just for ch- the small groups are not just for our church kids it actually mm-hmm. is a form of evangelism as well and i know we've seen that in high school for it
2: Yeah, and I love it because then they start in middle school and then when they come to us, it's kind of a continuation of Mm -hmm. creating a space for Mm -hmm. students to just really be themselves and ask the hard questions. Because I think a lot of the times when we, we walk our Christian life, we need to walk around with the sense of we know everything or that we're okay with everything. And I think that especially in the high school realm, they get to just wrestle with questions. Um, and we always have this phrase in HSM where it just says, we're pursuing Jesus together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have the leaders say it, the students know it, and this is kind of the space where we get to pursue Jesus in whatever capacity that looks like. Mm-hmm. So like for us, a, a freshman boy group looks so much different <laughs> than like a senior girl group. Right. Um, but knowing that each group group within itself are pursuing Jesus together and I think there's a sense of community and again like when you're walking in to um, any kind of church setting sometimes you're not fully aware of you know the norms and everything mm-hmm. but you feel the sense of comfortability when you walk in right. and you, you know that you know five other people right. and that will be there for you or you know that um, maybe something said in the sermon you'll get to discuss it later that week with right. those people and including like the leaders that get to step into these roles is they're opportunities for students to have healthy relationships with older mm-hmm. people right? right right whether it's someone they see as a bigger older sister or brother or a parent I- in that kind of way that they get this opportunity to ask questions without being judged yeah. and I think it's really important for our high schoolers to be able to ask those questions because then we have those moments where kids just start festering things of doubt and, and um, insecurity and guilt of not knowing or not wanting to ask the important questions for them to grow in their faith. And so for us, it's like, okay, we're pursuing Jesus together. It's going to look messy. It's going to look different for each and every group. But I love that each group gets to develop their own identity and around who's in it. And I love on all the, the kids in a small group.
1: Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about the who's in it. So you referenced obviously the difference between a freshman boy group <laughs> yeah. and a, a senior girl group. So um, talk to us a little bit about how you organize the groups. Is it by gender? Is it by age, grade? What do you do with the whole friendship people? If you know people want to be with certain people, like mm-hmm. how do you navigate um, and orchestrate for the, the maximum impact on one another that's positive?
2: Yeah, so it's interesting because when I uh, received all the groups when I first jumped on staff, um, there was certain ways that they had created each group. And so for me as a teacher, I had some other strategies and tools in my back pocket. And so I kind of experimented with my own small group. And so what I did is uh, we always have guys with guys, girls with girls. And um, what I decided to do was create a girls group that had freshmen all the way to senior. Oh, and I, I loved it because it was a moment for us to have the seniors really step into that moment of leadership mm-hmm. over the freshmen. The freshmen step and realize, oh, this is like a serious time. Like mm. we get to talk about the fun and the silly things, but then there's a moment where we actually open up the Bible, talk about Jesus and really interact with the text. Um, and so that was really cool. And I think for me, um, just learning from that a couple of years ago was the fact that it works for some groups mm-hmm. and what works for us doesn't work for everyone else. Right, right, Where I see in the boys kind of realm, um, <laughs> freshman boys are great with freshman boys and like senior <laughs> boys are great with senior boys. Um, and I just think developmentally, even as someone who has kind of a background in child development, just knowing that. Um, they're in different seasons of life, and that's okay. Fun, and we want okay. to celebrate each one. Again, create space for students to be who they are. And so, what I kind of have going on with our small groups this year is kind of I call them neighbor uh, mm. kind of grades. And so. I might have, usually it's an all freshman group because they're just, Transition. Jumping in, yeah. right. They're just jumping in from middle school. It's a huge step for them. And, and so usually I kind of keep those protected. Um, but then I might have like a sophomore junior group or a junior senior group. And so they okay. are with these neighboring groups. And what's nice is, um, if a group graduates, let's say it's a junior, senior group, the seniors graduate, the juniors still have some people to to hold on to it and still already have a connection created from the prior year. And so it's been a really cool way for them to be able to see us celebrate the seniors and then know coming up, like the seniors were this to me, were the role models in the group for me. Now I get to step into that to the new juniors that are walking into this group. And so it's been really cool to uh, just kind of, experiment almost with uh, what each group uh, is like but then of course you have those like straggler groups right, where it's like all go freshmen go but go this really all. like sophomore <laughs> kid is like best friends with this other freshman and so that happens but
1: and it's so and i think that you have to keep adjusting and yeah. experimenting with it um and not having a hard and fast role sometimes uh, how about for middle school though
3: yeah no gotta be flexible with that um for us, in our context, we are pretty specific about sixth grade boys are with sixth grade mm-hmm. boys, eighth grade girls with eighth grade girls, and all. Oh, very rarely do we flex on that rule, um, especially. I just think that, that yeah, the age,
1: the developmental piece, yeah, yeah, the it's, gap it's between
3: sick. eighth grade boys and sixth yeah. grade boys is <laughs> is really tough. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, we, I mean, we try to do that. You know, sometimes we have some some complications with you know well, my best friends here and. and obviously we'll, we'll flex with that. My goal always is when, you know, if we'll make the section say, okay, well, if you're new to Calvary, I'm not going to just put you in a group that right. with some kids that yeah. you don't even know, like obviously you can be with your buddy, but Hey, at the end of small groups, let me go introduce you to the leader. of the oh, group, And kind of like slowly over time yeah. say, Hey, if they start coming to Calvary and they're like, Oh, this is fun. Then after a while going, Hey, I think it might be best if you're with you know kids your own age, because what we've seen is in the beginning, a couple of years ago, we flexed a lot with that. And then, what happens when you put a seventh grader with the eighth grade group and the eighth graders leave and the seventh grader next year That's, goes, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go to church. Right. I don't know anybody. And then it's like, okay, well we solved the solution for a little bit, you know, but yeah. you're, what what's that one phrase? They'll like, you know, Today's problem for yesterday's solutions, you know, something like that where it's, it's um, true. Um,
1: that is so profound. Not, <laughs> I have not heard that.
3: Yeah, before. quote me on that. <laughs> somebody, else, somebody else, who knows? Um, but yeah, so you we have try to pick to,
1: your poison, is what I say. Yeah, pick your
3: poison, <laughs> exactly. So we try to structure it that way as, as best as we can. And we have also um, just actually recently started to consider doing a co ed group Ooh. with middle school um still trying to figure it out and i mean right now we take it we we pause for small groups for the summer to right. see kind of all the other things we, we jump in the summer but uh we pick up in the fall and during the school years really when small groups are thriving and, and going on but um and we'll get i think into this conversation later i don't know we already talked about with the, with the lgbt conversation saying mm-hmm. when we've had yeah. you know a couple of trans kids and to go okay well i'm a girl now i want to be in boys group uh-huh. what do you do and so
1: having like, a co-ed group, oh, like,
4: yeah, man,
3: yeah, that's really, it's, it's been really difficult. And so we, mm-hmm. I've talked to some other pastors that are kind of, um, a little bit ahead of the game for, for this conversation than we are. And that was one of the feedback we yeah. got. There, said, why do we do it? Yeah. Guys with guys, girls with girls. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's value to that, but there's also maybe a little bit of a, you know, um, of, of a con to that. And mm-hmm. that one of those is that maybe this is the best way we can love trans students is being able to have a co-ed group that doesn't feel, abnormal doesn't feel right. like weird they still have a place to feel yeah. belonging in their church and ask questions and move
1: yeah
4: and
3: live in that way that and makes so.
1: that makes sense I, I think yeah so the key is really to keep looking at the students that are god's bringing you yeah. and figuring out the best um, option for them so yeah a co-ed one
3: makes and, sense and i think also with like when it comes to sh- this structuring thing when i was in oregon the way we did small groups was um they were at schools and so i led a group at south eugene high school and a group at thurston Ooh. high school and so i would meet at monday mornings at 7 a.m oh, on campus with a teacher who's a christian that right. went to our church we saw how we kind of got connected with them and then so but the the goal of that group is very different than what we did yes. here at calvary because yes. here for us a big portion of it is belonging. is yeah. them feeling like someone knows their story. They know yes. their leader's story.
1: Especially because and, we are a big church. So yes. that becomes even more critical.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And so, yes, obviously we're going to open God's word, and discuss how this right. applies for our life, but that's not, it's not really like we're sitting down and, Hey, we're opening, you know, acts one today, acts two mm-hmm. next week. We're just work through this um, because we do want to create space for them to share what's going on in their lives. When I was in Oregon, the goal was more, Bible study, mm-hmm. it was, hey, we're going to open God's word. And so, uh, but it was just different context, right? And so we structured yeah. it differently. Yeah. So I would go meet with boys, but they were all ages right. because I was out of high school and it was, right. we were trying to develop a community within that school right. to, rather yes. than us. It's kind of, hey, we got, Ten, fifteen 10, 15 different schools kind of come together. Kids that's, a great, so,
1: that's a great point. So when you look at what are you trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. it's a really important question to ask. Yeah. Are you trying to deepen um, biblical literacy for yeah. kids that already have certain bases? Are you trying to be a welcoming, safe space for any student in the community?
4: Yeah.
1: Are you trying to, who are you trying to reach and then design it for the both ends? It doesn't do yeah. one or the other, but we we struggle with designing things for both ends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's messy, but um, for sure I, I love that so those are some good questions to be asking okay so we say in student in small group world that everything uh rises and falls on the leader mm-hmm. because really and you guys have been in, in adult groups you, you get this yeah. In that kind of you lead an adult
4: group yeah. that
1: is yeah. lovely uh, and your wife jess is wonderful and you guys have a young married group <laughs> yeah. so and you guys have been through different seasons uh, with that as well oh, yeah. so we know that leadership matters and i feel like with students it probably matters even more um because you just, the impact of that other adult person, and we know from research, acting Fuller um, Youth Institute did a bunch of research last year that came out about how one of the primary predictors of whether someone's going to keep following Jesus post high school was whether they had another young uh, another adult person
4: mm-hmm.
1: in their life, kind of like what you said earlier, Connor, um, beyond their parent, yeah. beyond the pastor title person, but if they had other caring adults who loved Jesus and demonstrated that, it was like a huge piece of of them following, continuing with their faith post, post high school and then college, uh, which is really sobering. But when you look at the leader types, okay, so we know our leaders come in all, they're all kinds of leaders. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes the people that volunteer and raise their hand and say, I want to lead a middle school group. You kind of, I'm sure sometimes it's a yay, sometimes it's a huh, right? <laughs> so tell me, what do you look for when you look for a high school small group leader or a, a middle school small group leader?
2: I think just to start off first with anyone who wants to serve with our ministry, I always look at them as in they're someone who wants to have a heart for service, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to ever beat that down. And I think when I first started, I always look at it through the lens of, can they be a small group leader or not? Mm -hmm. And uh, as I've been here for a few (laughs) years, I've realized that not everyone who walks through our door Mm -hmm. and wants to serve with us is uh, going to be a small group leader. But it could be someone running our media. could be someone just hanging out with students on a Sunday. And so when I look for small group leaders, I really look for their heart for service, their heart for committing to our high schoolers. I always say, like, when people want to jump in, like, I met with a girl earlier this week and she just is on fire for Jesus. And it's like, I want to help out in any other way. She's a young adult. Young adult. And uh, was just so excited. So I kind of like threw everything at her and I said, okay, but let's start with coming on Sundays and seeing if you even like to be. Schoolers, <laughs> like it design. sounds cool, and yeah. you know, to go to camp with us and to do all of these things and but hang out. Actually, like the students, <laughs> so let's see if you actually like our students <laughs> first, or because I, I and I know that there are some people who serve who are looking for community for themselves, yes, and nice. so we want to welcome that and whatnot, and we can find them a space. But I'm truly looking for small group leaders. Is are they willing to sit with a student mm-hmm. who has hard questions, yes. sit with them with patience. And I'm not looking for the person who like knows everything about the Bible, right? but will constantly look towards the Bible mm-hmm. to encourage our students. Um, and so for me, I'm looking for the loyalty to our high schoolers, the loyalty to, because it is a commitment. And you us. do. And you ask for a one year commitment, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And so for us, if you're a Sunday uh, volunteer, You know, you may come in once a month or whatnot, but for that small group leader role, we ask it's once a week for (laughs) a whole entire school year. And um, what has been really cool is the relationships that have been built from these small group leaders um, with their students is that they'll be with them freshman year to senior year. And that's That's great. That's like, that's huge for us. Um, So for me, it's like, I'm looking for people who want to be with our students who love Jesus, who, who love uh, to go through the messy parts. Cause like you said, small groups could be messy. Um, and so for me that that's super important.
1: Yeah. What about ages?
2: Ages. Well, so it's been really fun to kind of look at for us. So in high school, typically it would be like
1: the college age students. See, because they're the cool ones. You don't want parents, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you would think that, but actually last year, um, I was leading a small group and I'm really not that young, but I, I look young. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but, um, I also had a mom and it, she wasn't a mom of anyone in the group, which I think was really important and a good Yeah, opinion. That's a good thing
1: to point out. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you guys, neither of you have that, right? Well, you don't have parents that actually lead their own kids. No, no.
2: Yeah. I, 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 was, I just think well, again,
3: yeah. oh I'll, I'll jump in. We'll get back to you. No, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. we, well, we used to be, yeah, we've had many parents as well as grandparents come and serve. And, oh. um, when I got here, there was a parent leading his kid and I oh. really tried to push against it. Say, Hey, well, let's have you do this. But he, anyways, I was, uh, I was younger and I was softer. <laughs> and, and, uh, I did it. I was like, well, you know, maybe he's got a point. I think, uh, I think it could yes. be good. You know, you guys, I, I think he did a fantastic job. But man, when I look at them, um, now in high school and, uh, yeah. that student, his kid in particular, I see, I'm like, He's not connected with other. He, he missed out. He, he yeah. missed out on the, yeah. the ability, kind of what the why of what we're doing. We want yeah. them to connect with another leader, right. and so. Um, so, yes, I've, I've made that mistake. <laughs> Sorry, to go back so, to No, that. Yeah.
2: but it was really cool because it was her and myself, and she was a mom of four. And so she really took on that motherly role for our girls and really loved on them in the way that I would never even thought of because I've never been a parent before. Um, and so I think that was really fruitful for our girls. They called her, like, mama too. Especially
1: for kids who've um, come from broken homes yeah. and, and have dysfunctional stuff or have, have really hard issues with their parents. Yeah. I think to have a safe person um, that they could talk to that is a little bit of a mother figure yeah. is not bad. But what worked in there probably was your partnership. Yeah. They had the cool Brit and then they had the, the mom. Uh, and actually, she's kind of a cool mom probably too. But I think there is something... I, I, it's Aren't you looking... Okay, if you're looking for a mom, you can be legit. If you're looking for a dad, aren't you looking for a personality that is not going to just tell them what to do, right? Yes. What are you looking... What If you are looking for um, a leader... Connor, like beyond maybe high school student. I know we have high school students that lead um, middle school groups. It, what's the rule? Like two years or three years out, or yeah, something? Yeah,
3: I think hard and fast rule is minimum two years out. But still, any high schooler is really dependent on the student. We've had some students because
1: they're
4: mature. Some of yeah, them Yeah, where
3: kids go, hey, I love you. You know, you are a lot of fun to hang out with. I just don't think you're ready. Um, mm-hmm. But then there are students. You know, I think of. Um, I know you were talking earlier about how when you have a leader that sticks with a group from beginning to end. Uh, we had one student who started when she was a junior in high school. Her name's oh. Katie. Uh, and we're hiring her on staff, and she starts next week. But uh, wow, <laughs> because nice. three years ago, she started with sixth-grade girls, She came back from a high school camp with Britt and the high school ministry team. She said, I want to serve middle school. And we we're like, whoa, she is really mature, awesome. She left in sixth grade, seventh grade, and now eighth grade. And she just wrapped up leading a group from the beginning oh, to the end. That's so, awesome. Um, so, yeah, we have high school students serve that have to be – uh, emotionally mature right um and they have to really also get some of the the training towards them is very different for others it's mm. hey you need to support their family you are not replacing right. parents right. you are pushing those kids to honor and respect their parents and not this isn't for you to be the coolest kid in the block this is for you to point right. and teach people how to mm. open the bible and ask questions about what it looks like Jesus. so mm. but um kind of back to the question of yeah with parents i we love we always need more parents and grandparents serving in student ministries. The typical, the prototype of what you think of of middle school, I think in particular, because it's a little crazy, you know, it's, I'm this large guy who is really loud, right? And so I think sometimes (laughs) you think of a middle school leader and it's like, you need more Connors because it's like, well, you know, I don't care about being, so just I'll do the goofiest things. I'll embarrass the heck out of myself, like no problem, right? And, if you only have people like me, you're only going to attract the kids that are like me, you know? And so some of the outgoing middle schoolers are like, "Oh, this is so fun. And all the introverts are going, I hate coming to this church (laughs) because they are crazy. Right. And so you need a balance. Everyone is going to reach different people. My first few years here, I, my co-leader, um, two different grandparents, two different Mm. grandpas. Um, and so I got to serve with them in middle school and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm this young guy in my twenties. I got this grandpa serving with me. And that was like, so fruitful for me, so fruitful for the kids, and sure, I may be connected with them better because I know how to talk about TikTok, even though I really don't know. About that. <laughs> but you know, and the grandpa's like, "What's that?" You know, but uh, man, there was some beautiful <laughs> wisdom that was uh, really invaluable. So, no, absolutely looking for parents and grandparents. What you're talking about with um, uh, kind of the question of what type of parent you're looking for? Yeah, the, the training for a parent is going to be different. It's hey. You are not going to be coming to this group. Your goal is to just tell them right from wrong. These kids know right from wrong. Most of them are going to know what the Bible says and what it doesn't say. They need to feel loved. They yeah. need to feel connected with somebody. And so, um, you know, I, I think maybe we stole this from high school, like the eighty twenty rule or something. I don't yeah. know if this is something It's, it's in small.
1: It's in communication world. world yes. Yeah,
3: yeah, right. It's, hey, telling parents, <laughs> yes. hey, 80-20 is our goal. 80% of the time, kids are talking. Right. 20% of the time you're talking occasionally you'll get a parent who um, or any leader, but I think it leans a little bit towards older people who want to come and serve in student ministries. I don't know if you've experienced this Brit, but um, with uh, parents that want to come in to teach mm-hmm. and it's like, ah, that's or to sad. spy
1: on their kids.
3: <laughs> yes. Right. And so it's like, Hey, the te- small groups is not for teaching. They yes. don't, especially middle schoolers. They do not need somebody else preaching at me. They listen to yeah. me talk too much. That's how I pitch small groups to students. I'm going, Come to small groups. You hear me talk about the Bible all the time. Now you get to actually talk about it with your friends. You don't just great. listen to me ramble. And they're like, oh, I can do that. You know, so like <laughs> I'll tell leaders that too. You are not here to teach, you're here to ask questions and to kind of show them what it looks like to investigate the Bible and investigate
1: We say that with adult Christ. leaders too. We have yeah. this exact same struggle with adult leaders <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that feel like, oh, I have a platform now. And it's yeah. like, no, small groups is, is is the belonging has to come before believing yes. or becoming. And so I think if they don't feel safe, game over. They're, yeah, they're just going to yeah. tune out and just come if their parents force them. So you've touched on training. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. So training, gosh, it's a little more complicated for you because you're training if you're training high schoolers or young adult, college age, or um, you know, full adults or grandpas. Like do you tailor kind of some basic training for everyone of. Um, you know about the middle school or high school small group and then you tailor the different pieces and then and talk to us too about like what are some specific training things that like us as adult um, leaders training leaders wouldn't have to cover that you guys have to cover
3: (laughs) well when thinking about training um middle school and high school leaders i think student ministries in general um kind of mentioned it earlier it's messy right you have to be willing to step into the mess of lives and i think the mess of lives of students, the mess of lives of leaders, the mess of our own lives. Um, and um, being able to just like walk with them through that. So training, yes, there's some broad picture stuff, but there's also some specifics um, that are helpful for all people. And so anyways, the passage that comes to mind, Proverbs 14, 4 or four fourteen, something like that. <laughs> uh, I've had it written on my whiteboard for a long time. Mm. It's a ministry, I think, uh, quote and encouragement for me, but really with small groups, it's applicable. It says where there are no oxen the manger is clean but from um, hmm. the strength of an ox come abundant harvests and so it's kind of this riddle yeah. of a proverb it's like hey if there's no ox the manger is clean right there's no food there's no mm. poop there's no crap there's no mess it's nice and easy but if you want abundant harvest you need ox so you need to embrace the mess And so mm. I think sometimes I've actually even told some leaders this or not uh, maybe not our volunteer leaders but our staff team saying hey if we're not dealing with the mess of students the mess yeah. of leaders like Harvests aren't happening, right? If yeah. there's a period of time where it's, man, this has been mm-hmm. really easy, it's, oh, maybe there's a little red flag and we're just coasting by and not really increasing the, the difficulty that, that stuff comes. So anyways, back to the training and stuff. I, there's some phrases that we've just developed that have been really helpful for mm-hmm. us, that for all people. I think the phrase that uh, my old boss used to tell me all the time and has really helped shape us um, and our volunteers is, I think it's particular for middle school students. A middle school student will not remember everything you say. They most likely won't remember a single thing that you say. They will remember how you made them feel. you know, when I think back, when I was very involved in middle school ministry at church, I don't remember a single sermon. I don't remember a single <laughs> conversation. I don't remember a single question and awesome theological answer I got. Like I just didn't. And those things are good. But man, I remember looking up to guys like John and Josiah and Trent and going, oh, these guys love Jesus. Yeah, this is leaders. awesome. Yeah. right? And so when I think of small group leaders, middle school ministry, I think Man, you don't need to know the answers you need. These students need to leave and go, these people care about me Mm -hmm. and that's, what's going to make an impact on their lives. Um, So that's a really helpful, I think training thing that I've always said. Um, I'll just, I'll jump into another thing that I think can be helpful. Um, And I got this from um, uh, a a ministry called download youth ministry. You can look at them up. They're so helpful. You can join their Facebook group. It's been a really um, uh, bountiful (laughs) group of wisdom and, uh, for me, for thinking through different things. But anyways, they had a guy named Mark Ostreicher, I think. He went by Marco. He wrote this book called Four Views of, of Pastoring LGBT Teens. and He um, he shared one time his, this, I got this from him, a kind of response to when students come out to you. And this has been so, uh, so incredibly helpful for us for the last two years in particular uh, with training leaders. Hey, if a student comes out to you as anything in the LGBT spectrum, Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not the conversation. I know people listening, you're going to have a wide variety of theological stances on how you see this, and how you interpret this. And I think this is helpful for anybody, but that is, if you are in the traditional camp rather than the affirming camp theologically, that conversation is not the time to say that is sinful mm-hmm. kids. You no, know, You know, think of a 12 year old in today's culture. If they're thinking, man, I'm gay, I'm lesbian, I'm trans. The church is probably the last yeah person they want to talk to about this. And so if they finally have the courage to go to a church and go, "Hey, I um, you know, I I want to date a guy." Whatever, you know, fill in the blank. Man, if that response is, "Do you know that's sinful?" They go, "That's exactly why I didn't want to talk to you." Mm-hmm. Right? And so our our conversation kind of is a four-part response that we've told, told our leaders. They're really short, so it's easy to memorize. Watch me mess it up right now as I talk about it. It's easy to memorize. <laughs> but the first one I say, all leaders, you need a response saying, I'm so proud of you. I can't imagine the courage it took for you to tell me mm. that. Right? Talk about the courage. go. Just acknowledge. Man, I'm That's sure you really, 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 you know, I don't know what you thought I would respond. And I bet you were terrified to tell me. I'm proud of you. Thank you for coming to talk to me about that. Um, The second spot is, Hey, God loves you more than you will ever understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's demonstrated through Jesus. Jesus did not die for straight people. Um, He died for all people. And so, man, God loves you. This doesn't change that. Second, third thing is I love you. I love you more than you'll understand too. Um, This might change. You might think this is going to change part of our relationship, but man, I love the heck out of you. And the last part is we want you here. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether they're a trans student and they're going, well, can I come to camp? You don't have to have an answer in that moment. We want you at this church. We want you coming to every small group. I want you coming every Sunday. I want you coming to every camp, every retreat. We'll figure it out. We want you here. And so we've been kind of walking through our leaders. Hey, that's the fourth part response you need to have with this student, and it's that beautiful. has um, really helped. And if if you don't want to, um, it, it's it's painful. It's messy. It's difficult. If you don't want to step into the mess of loving LGBT teens, um, just handle it poorly. <laughs> I, I talked to another pastor. That was their advice. Connor, if you don't want to deal with the stress of this, just handle it poorly one time, and the rumor's going to go around, oh, right. Connor, you know, Connor slash Calvary slash the church. Yeah, they just yeah. hate me just like we used thought. But if you want to step into the mess and really love kids, I think just responding in a way that's, man, can't imagine how yeah. crazy this it takes kind of working through those.
1: Yeah, I think that would apply to even uh, outside of that particular issue if it's someone talking about an eating disorder Mm -hmm. or about struggling with self-harm or cutting or addiction, uh, pornography. I mean, whatever the thing is that they feel is blocking them uh, from being worthy um, of love and belonging, Mm -hmm. whatever that thing is, I think the same for Part steps um, would help that, and actually, that's very transferable to adults too. If someone talks about an abortion they've had, it, it's loaded, and it takes guts mm-hmm. to talk about, or you know, their addictions. Um, I think to approach it with kindness—I mean, that those four steps come from how Jesus, no, <laughs>
4: yeah, pretty, <much, no. laughs> pretty much did
1: it. So, and to reinforce that, yeah, we want you here. We're not afraid of the mess. We're embracing it because um, it's you. You're not. You're far more than than your, your secret or your mess. So I, I love that. That's a, those are great handles. And the,
3: the last thing I'll say about that too. Uh, I learned this quickly. I we trained with that response and we had a student come out and then, uh, it stopped there, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, it's a nice, easy four part response, but then um, to it walk with died. It. <laughs> And then we kind of just almost ignored it because yeah. it was easy to in this circumstance. And so kind of the next thing I'd say, step five, you don't have to talk train leaders in this it's not a memorized response but it's keep walking with them yeah. keep saying hey how do you feel How are you comfortable here what pronouns do you want me to say and talking with your leadership at your church before this happens about what's appropriate what's inappropriate yeah. and where's your church stand on that because um, obviously you need to honor your leadership at your uh, right. context but um, continue walking with those students continue to have the tough conversations mm-hmm. so just ask a million questions and help right, the right. students kind of process as we're going hey we're gonna pursue jesus together let's let's talk about this so. yeah
1: and you will grow in the process
0: hey all you awesome small group point people out there jason Banzoff here group talk producer and i'm interrupting here to there to talk to you about huddles let me ask you a question you want everyone in your church to be part of a small group right the answer is obviously yes now one more question what do you say when someone says they don't have a small group they're looking for you start one right well, at the Small Group Network, we want everyone to be part of a huddle. And if there isn't one in your area, why don't you start one? There are other small group point people looking for the exact same thing. Visit smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash huddles to find huddles that are in your area or if your area needs one. Now back to here to there.
1: Right. What is, is there anything specific that you train towards um, that's unique to high school?
2: Yeah, I think when Connor was talking, one of the things that just came to my mind was the fact that for me, I I help run a huge ministry where it's one of those moments where I may not know every single person Mm -hmm. that is in my high school at the moment, or even just in our small groups. And um, it's it's a comfort for me to realize that I know that there's some leader in there that knows every single Mm -hmm. student intimately. And so for me, it's like, okay. well, then how do I empower my small group leaders to catch the vision that we have, like sharing those four steps and really equipping them? Because I, I know that for us, when we have you know, uh, a college age to come and jump into this, it, it, it could be daunting. It, yeah. it could be sometimes they don't know how to step into right. the messiness of small groups in student ministries and whatnot. And so for me, as a kind of the facilitator of it all, I, I really want to empower them in like, what are the next steps for you? Mm-hmm. And, and I think one of the things that I always have to remind them is that you get this burden, this weight of being a pastoral bo- voice in yes. these student's life, yes. um, but you're not their therapist, right? Yeah. And so it's understanding the line and the tension of, um, you know, what what do you say? What can you provide? But also knowing that um, maybe you're not a licensed therapist. And so there's a moment where you might have to come to one of us, one of the leaders and empowering them. It's okay if you need advice from us. Like this is never a moment where in August, right before small groups happen, we have like this whole training for all of our small group leaders and kind of going through logistically, like what small groups looks like. And I know that with COVID things changed (laughs) and whatnot. And I'm so thankful for having (laughs) leaders who are flexible in that. But um, I, I think it could easily have that training in August and then just never... Interact yeah. with
4: <laughs> my small work. leaders.
1: Good Right, right. Um, yeah. which You'll I have no experience. leaders the following August. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> and, and so for me, it's like being an open book um, yeah. and being honest and um, just really continuing to check in with my leaders, empowering them with things. Yes. So one might come and say, you know what? I have a student who's dealing with uh, eating disorders. What can I do? And for me, it, it's, it's this moment where I can model and like, well, I'm, I'm not an expert in it, but do you know who is? Or mm-hmm. here's a book that I recommend. Or um, have you had them talk to their parents about this? And, and so for me, it's like, okay, my role in this is empowering leaders so that they can go and catch vision to empower their students. And I think for high schoolers, it's a little bit different because they're more independent in the way that they're yeah. thinking. It's also interesting to interact with students who their parents aren't believers. Right. You know? And um, just navigating... Um, the hard, difficult thing. Yeah,
1: that would be because then th- they have to shape what they're, they're telling their parents and maybe they can't share some things. Yeah. So how do you deal with the confidentiality of not... They're minors mm-hmm. but they're also...
0: And they're, his, not my kids. they're
1: not your kids. I know. Uh-huh. So that gets like really messy. I think if I was to lead a student small group, which thankfully God has not called me to, because <laughs> <laughs> I think I would just be so petrified. I, I'm intimidated by teenagers. I barely Same. got my kids <laughs> my kids through teenage years. L- loud um, and
3: clear, you're leading a sixth grade girls group. This is happening. This is what
1: God's, But I, I think part of the fear <laughs> and intimidation is that like I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. And as a parent, to be like. Oh my gosh! I know now something about your kid, like that I can't share. And, but then, do you need to know it? Like, I think some of that training probably needs to go on. If you have like an adult parent or an older person, a different generation who is used to certain, um, you know, certain things, I think that would make things even messier. Not just on the kid side, mm-hmm. but on the leader side. And as you guys equip leaders, mm-hmm. that's that piece of it of trying to pay attention to some yeah. of that and not gossiping outside to the, hey, hey, hey your kid's to my small group, how cool? Hey. So your family's kind of a mess these days. You know, like, well, how, and Obviously yeah. they wouldn't do that, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I maybe mean, some people might think that was okay out of oh, care yeah. and concern for yeah. that family. I could totally see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Or even with leaders, um, I know that uh, uh, for us this year, we've had a moment where a student uh, was sexually assaulted and had the courage again to go to wow. their leader and yeah. share that. And the interesting part was that leader also had experienced that. Oh wow! They were younger, Such and so it's thing. this moment where they had to step into this role mm-hmm. of. Um, she kind of said, "I want to be someone who I didn't have in this moment." Wow! And uh, and then having to shepherd her because yeah. I mean I could only imagine yeah. the things that the might trauma, be yeah. brought up with being reminded about these things. And so I think it's one of those moments where when we look for leaders, I'm looking for people who are flexible, but then mm-hmm. also willing to be vulnerable themselves. Yeah, the wounded, the wounded healers. Yeah.
1: You know, and where they're not going to, the leader's not going to center their experience and say, well, I went through that. Let me tell you what, you know, but they can be present with them in a unique way because of their personal experience.
2: And and more often than not, I've had so many uh, people when they come and they want to serve, it's They've had a really hard time in high school. So there's some sort of way that they were like, I know what it feels like not to belong. I know what it feels like uh, to be an outcast or to be hurt in within the high school, middle school realm. So I want to come and serve and be Kind of the solution, if not a, a stepping stone for a student, not to that's have to yeah,
1: experience what they experienced right. in their own. Oh, lives. so maybe I do need to do sixth grade. <laughs> Dang, I might have to. That might that my place of wounding. <laughs> yeah. Middle school is my place of wounding, so I might have to go there to Most to people, make sure. Yeah, wounded in middle school. But like at that. the same time, that's the time of greatest like spiritual like yeah. dependence on Jesus because I didn't belong anywhere else. I, mm-hmm. I think so. You kind of have both together, right? Yeah. An opportunity. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Kind of going with what Brett's saying, I think it's really important. It is it's incredibly important what you're saying to so that leaders feel um, supported. Yeah. Um, they're not out on doing something by themselves. Um, one to protect them from pride mm. of thinking that they're Jesus, because um, <laughs> that happens, right. and that's a really painful situation when you have to talk to the leader and say, "Hey, this is your identity. Oh, this. Yeah. No, your yeah. identity is a child of God. Right. You're serving. You're not serving students or serving me. You're serving Jesus by loving mm. students and talking oh. to them that." But then also, yeah, to be able to help with um, when the difficult stuff happens, and to recognize, like me and Britt, like kind of what you're just saying, like not that we're going to have every solution. You know, mm. we had. Um, I think it was sixth grade guys group where every single week for this entire past year, it was, Hey guys, how was group tonight? But, you know, we meet be on Wednesday nights and at the end. They was always like, you know, Connor, it happened. Oh. <laughs> like, for So long. They were like, they were just really crazy, man. You know, we only got to, you know, half the questions. We only kind of read this one verse, you know, and um, man, it was just, it was really crazy you know, week after week after week and dealing with some of the difficult students yeah. and kind of saying, Hey, you know, do this or like, Giving some some tips and advice to kind of control the rowdy crew um and uh and so knowing kind of helping them through from the beginning to the end and even i actually had them meet with some of our eighth grade leaders that said hey look meet with these guys they have eighth graders and they were saying the same thing to me <laughs> two years ago but then also so that when messy situations come up when at the very bar- second to last small group of the year prayer requests and a kid goes um, yeah, I've been having some suicidal thoughts, so just pray for me. And it was like, oh, and they were, they were already running late, so they had to pray and then yeah. leave. And they came to me, Connor, what do we do? You know, And I said, all right, perfect. Man, I'm so proud. Like, first thing, you know, you guys created a culture where a student could What's share that. that like, yeah. amazing, like, you right. struggled this whole year for this moment mm-hmm. to love this mm-hmm. kid and It is not you to be his counselor. It's not even me to be his counselor. I ended up calling the family, talking with them. And even a couple days ago, I was on the phone with the mom again and the kids in counseling and Mm -hmm. just thriving now and being able to open up with some of the painful things Mm -hmm. of being adopted at a young age that the leaders never knew. You know, anyways, like the fact that leaders can know they're cared for by us and it's a team effort and that we also are being cared for by our supervisors, our staff. And just other people, you know, this isn't some isolated right. thing of just good luck, go be with some twelve year old. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and for me, I experienced that the first year I stepped into small groups, a lot of uh with the freshmen especially. <laughs> They're just like we talked about one question yeah. and maybe that was it. And they just felt so defeated as leaders <laughs> and so the second year round, I kind of made this like three pillar thing where I was like, mm-hmm. if you do these three things, whatever the rest of the 45 minutes looks like, you were successful in yeah, small group yeah. that night. And um, so one of them was like, open up your Bible and read the word. Nice. It was prayer nice. and answer one question.
4: I love it. That's
2: <laughs> it. That's, That's it. And I think it really changed the, the, the morale of our mm-hmm. leaders being like, okay, we answered one question. Right. right. We opened up the Bible and we prayed for each other, and that was a win.
1: And if they want, and if content is what's going to change hearts, there's so many places you can get content. Exactly, and you you also have you know uh, um, you have services where there's content. Um, and I know Britt, in high school, you guys use sermon-based uh, curriculum that you write yeah. and you provide questions for. And that works really well because you're primarily trying to build relationships, especially with the unchurched kids. Um, and I know, Connor, you guys have tried different curriculum. Mm-hmm. Just really quickly because I know we're running out of time. What are some like key pieces you look for in curriculum that you think works for middle school? I know a ton of questions will not work. And a deep dive into the, you know, Greek and uh, <laughs> yeah. Hebrew oh, probably would God. not work, oh, yeah. but what, what,
3: which we have had a leader <laughs> this, uh, couple months ago, I, they walked in with the Bible passage we were read, read reading printed off in 10 different translations so everyone could analyze and i was like okay let's take a step back here sorry distraction um (laughs) curriculum yeah we've tried a couple different things we use orange for a while i love orange's company they have some really great resources we use xp3 but then we started looking at um some things i didn't love about it for our context and so now we use grow curriculum which um i have really enjoyed i think um there's a little bit of pride to me that wants to say i could just write my own questions Mm -hmm. uh but there's a I think the understanding like that's not my strong suit mm-hmm. and recognizing what I what I love most about the curriculum that we use is it's going to hit topics that aren't that yes. I'm not going to think of. Right, right. And sometimes there's some stuff where it's like, whoa, I would not have gone mm-hmm. this, but it's something we need to talk about. And it provides this really fruitful conversation. And it
1: gives you also um, a scope and sequence for so those sequence developmental years, which I think is a little different in high school. High school yeah. is a little bit less. So yeah. that, that, I can see that being really helpful and, having a structure.
3: Yeah. And what's helpful for me too is I'm not spending 40 hours with yeah. week writing curriculum. Well, we, we don't spend 40 hours a week
1: mm-hmm. writing curriculum, Connor. Like, oh,
4: okay. <laughs> no,
3: I'm not saying you guys do that, but I'm just saying um, it frees up yes. needs and the rest of our staff to be able to go meet yeah. with leaders and care for them that way. Yeah, and,
4: and they, kids.
3: Yeah, you know, and so they, they um, anyways, no, so I, I love Grow. I look for, are they opening the Bible? For me, um, sometimes curriculums for student ministries, especially middle school, sometimes they really try to force the Bible mm, into mm-hmm. small groups, which I, I really don't. Like um, there's a question where it's like, read this question, read this Bible passage. And then the ne- next 10 questions are like somewhat related to one <laughs> word that, oh, we're going to like, you know, this is the, the topic and the theme. And it's like, okay, sometimes it gets a little wacky for me a little too much. Mm-hmm. And I try to go, okay, are we going to read the Bible and actually ask questions about the Bible? Those are really good and be able to work that. But yeah, um, but yeah really I, really I totally would recommend Grow curriculum It's really helpful with Kenny and here
1: Yeah. Very cool. All right. So uh, as we wind down, um, I want to give you guys opportunity to share one, uh, something fun you've done with your um, small groups that you think um, just to to share, maybe one of our listeners would like to try it. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, For our high school ministry, small groups at the end of the year, we always do something called affirmations. And so it's the very last small group that they spend affirming each other in the group Mm -hmm. and including the leader. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Basically, the premise is that one uh, the leader starts and affirms a student and what's really powerful is that we ask for everyone when they affirm it to actually look at the person talk wow. to them. It's not a third uh, person um, mm-hmm. moment, but they get to affirm them. And, and sometimes for oh, students, it's that's the beautiful. first time they've yeah. ever affirmed someone mm-hmm. else. And so a leader will step in, model that, and then uh, we have two other students jump in. And then once we affirmed, because, of course, if we had everyone affirm everyone in the group, we'd be there until the exactly. next day. And so we have three people affirm that student. And then we have the student get into the middle of the circle. We pray over that student. Oh. And, and then that student who was affirmed will then go affirm somebody else. And then that continues on. And it's really cool to see as a leader who's done it for a few years. um, the relationships that happen a beyond deepest. just my knowledge and understanding. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes I'm like, Oh wait, those two are friends. Like I would have <laughs> never pegged them to be. And, and so to hear them affirm each other and see and call out gifts and, uh, just beautiful things about their friendships and whatnot. It, it's really encouraging as a leader to hear that That's Jesus is working even yeah. when I
1: don't see it. So how do you have fun with middle schoolers? I know yeah, it's kind
4: of gotta have
3: fun. You gotta have a lot of fun. Um, I, a couple, just a couple thoughts on that. Ask other people what is fun. Ask students mm, what is fun. Yes. I can have a bunch of ideas. Try to think of a fun thing for an 11 year old. Sometimes works. A lot of times it flops. <laughs> and so asking students what they think is fun, asking leaders what they think is fun. And I think also, um, planning something, oh, this might sound like we're lying. Plan, plan, <laughs> planning something that seems spontaneous later and acting like it's like, like what, what's an example? I just know. I'm thinking. Britt and I were talking about our high school, our eighth grade transition day. We always do like a day where the middle school and high school team and middle school leaders and high school leaders come and hang out with the eighth grade class. The handoff. Yes, yeah. the handoff to high school. And one of like the best parts of that day is when um, the high school pastor looks around to some kid and goes, "Hey, dude, do, do you want some coffee, man? Like, I'm, I'm kind of getting tired. You know, it's this long day." And he goes, "Oh, yeah, like that'd be pretty cool." <laughs> He's <laughs> like, "Do you think we should go to Starbucks?" And I'm like, Oh, really? And then he'll turn to me, and then me, I'll be the bad guy. You know, for, for middle schoolers, oh, we don't do coffee, but now they're high schoolers now. <laughs> That's so, so he'll cute. He'll turn to me, and go, Hey, should we go to Starbucks? And I'll be like, "No, oh, dude, I don't think we have the time. And then he'll go, We're going to Starbucks! It's on me! And it's this planned thing, but it looks like no way we're going to starbucks <laughs> that's so fun you know and then they go to starbucks and we yeah. buy starbucks for all of them it's so now connor's budget. no longer
1: cool and now they've been passed off to yes. a cooler guy. that's oh. so brilliant no caffeinated and caffeinated yes, too yeah. and then you send them home that way that's so brilliant
3: yes. well i think there is something to really willing to embarrass yourself willing yeah. to take yeah. risks and trying to fund things some things aren't gonna be fun that's okay uh, but and, and telling leaders um, asking them what they think is fun yeah. because sometimes you will get really good ideas and sometimes you'll get really bad ideas mm-hmm. I had one group <laughs> some kids kind of came up to me after the end of the year small group party and they were like hey our uh I was like oh what'd you guys do they're like our fun idea was um bible trivia and I'm like,
1: <laughs> oh my god this
4: oh, is This is what no, I would do for, <laughs>
3: thir- for a 13 year old they were like that, saw, that
1: was and, what my church did. We
3: saw the other group <laughs> and they went got an ice cream. like, Oh, you know, so trying to have some equ- equitable fun ideas for them. and, oh, and so uh, But yeah, planning dumb things, asking kids. You know, we take a vote on do you want to go. Um, I always try to get kids going to go on a hike because it's free and no yeah. kids ever want to do it. But uh, you know, like should <laughs> we go bonding. to the trampoline park nearby? Should we go to the golf? Mini golf place, and I know
1: you guys build fun night, free night into your small group curriculum because I see that pop up where it's like this is a free night, and then you give them some guidance so they don't like you know go off and just drink five cups of coffee.
3: Yeah, and for (laughs) for middle school, yeah, we try to we try to make a list like ten different fun games that you can play at the beginning of small groups. Mm -hmm. The first twenty minutes, like especially for COVID, us we were like, you better be having fun with these kids. They don't see anybody, you know. So the first ten minutes just laugh together, um, and then that can create that helps you then later in the day, try to break down the barriers to have difficult yes. conversations. Cause that's yes, the goal so that kids are yeah. responsive to, to hear the gospel, to, yeah. um, to ask the difficult things, to talk about some of the messy things right. that we've talked about. And a lot of that stems from, can I laugh with these mm-hmm. people? Can mm-hmm. I laugh at the leader and him not get mad at me? Right. You know, um, so, yeah so um, basically is
1: it is really good you guys are doing an awesome job creating those environments thank you so much for your input so i have to apologize for that crack i made about millennials because <laughs> oh, you, no, no, you guys no. obviously do know everything <laughs> so i was wrong so if you're a millennial listening to this <laughs> my best ideas come from millennials yeah. um and i i love having um, the two of you and other uh young people on our staff because really it, it's it's so refreshing um, and you bring fresh ideas and fresh thoughts so I'm hoping our listeners picked up some of those as well and certainly your enthusiasm it, it's funny because it's an audio um, it'll be interesting because they'll probably kind of have a very distinctive voice and you've, you've, referenced, you've referenced being big so I will have to attach a picture and if you want to get in touch if you would like to talk further um, we have a small group network page um, that has that will this will upload onto as well as um, wherever you get your podcast. and um, I'll kind of include your, you guys on there just for the little bit of time you don't have to hang out there for long but you are an adult small group leader so you actually could hang out there longer where um, if people have any questions um, thank you for being willing to be uh, available and yeah. answering some of those and um, I can put your email addresses on the show notes as well if they have anything specific about middle school or high school um, small groups and this was so fun you guys I knew it would be and <laughs> we went so long and now you can tell the other people on staff that you know yeah Jeez. we're podcasters now <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Okay. And to go tell your bosses. We're podcasters oh now. We've, God, we've okay. made it. Um, I'm
3: surprised I made it through without making a fart joke. Kind of disappointed in myself, but hey, we'll move on. We'll move on.
1: All right. Well, since you referenced it, <laughs> I think that makes you a bona fide middle school pastor. Yes, okay. um, <laughs> <the best>. So <laughs> thank you all for listening to Here to There. And until next time, remember, we are better together.
0: Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically.